Hey, bastards. I'd love to thank you for tuning into the show and thank you for supporting the show. Big shout out to Crowbar Construction for helping Braxton make a start in his dreams for supporting the show. Braxton is one step closer to getting to full-time podcast host. So, Crowbar, thank you. If you guys have any construction needs or HVAC uh, management need to be taken care of, hit up Crowbar Construction located in Bozeman, Montana. Welcome to the League of Rat Bastards, a fantasy football podcast. The only podcast where you can follow along with a group of college buddies as they attempt to take each other head-on for the title of champion. If we learned anything over the past six years, it's to never trust a trade from Jonathan. I'm your host, Braxton McKenzie, along with Austin Dingman and Jonathan Crabtree. Let's get to it. All right, what's up, guys? How are you guys doing? No, oh, great. Yeah, also, Braxton, not, not too good. Not too not good. as good as not as good as the last month, um, essentially right. for Dane. No, no, Four straight no. wins, and he finally loses. Lost to Cheeseman. Yeah, he's one and seven. Do you realize that? He, he, actually, he, now Braxton, he's two and seven. <laughs> he's, he's two and seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, he's, you know his playoff chance went. You know, percentage went from like one percent to three percent. So, no, no kidding. They're pulling for him. It's actually crazy to me now to look at. You see, Jamar and Jonathan are at ninety six percent. Jamar has quite like to me. Jamar has quietly been the sleeper. Like a yeah, he's been a great yeah a great sleeper in this in this uh, this year so far. Thing. I was looking at uh, that stuff this morning because I remember he was the first. Uh, matchup I had <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure I, I just like handily beat him uh but he's <laughs> come back uh I think specifically yeah. Jonathan Taylor you did beat him Jonathan 139.5 to 77.56 yeah yeah As, uh, you know but you look at Jonathan Taylor's uh first half of his first half of the season versus his last four or five games um and really, like, that's the difference right there it, yeah. with Kyle Pitts as well. Like, his team is just, like, matured, basically. Yep. They've grown well, up. He's won five in a row. Yep. Ding should have won five in a row if he wouldn't have dropped – it wouldn't have listened to you guys and dropped Kirk Cousins and picked up Taysom Hill. Uh, I re-listened to that podcast. You listened to Braxton. And Braxton was fair. all in on Taysom Hill. And then, therefore, I wasn't all in on him, but uh, you said therefore, me listening to him, though, it was, also pretty, it was pretty crucial that Cheeseman beat Dingman because if Ding was five and four, man, me at six and three, knowing that I'm going to lose probably a majority of my games uh, on the rest of the way out, I kind of need Ding to lose. <laughs> so. Um, and you guys I'm going to pat myself on the back on that one, because oh, even though I lost this week. You guys weren't the only ones saying to, to pick up Hill. There was other podcasts I was listening to as well. and then Like our podcast. It just of course. Bit, me, bit me in the butt big time. You listen to now, another podcast thing? You're cheating yeah. on us? You see, I didn't, You're I didn't, to another I didn't play Taysom Hill. I had to go pick up Jordan Love. Jordan freaking start. Love. Yeah, it was a great pick. What's crazy is I was between him and Daniel Jones while we were sitting together, and I had better internet than Dingman. I was like, ah, <laughs> I don't know. Do I want Daniel Jones? Do I want Jordan Love? Well, I made the right decision. 
Actually, Jordan Love scored more points than Daniel Jones. Are you serious? Yeah, Daniel Jones got six. Jordan Love got nine. Actually, he Daniel Jones oh, wow. got five point nine. Wow, my team so, just did really well. I guess I just didn't even check. So I made the right decision. Dang it! Dang it! Dang! <laughs> but I still. I mean, I made the right decision two weeks ago by picking up Kirk Cousins early to hold him for this week, and then I was like, ah, Taysom Hill runs the ball. He's coming back. Let's. I had no one else to drop. Okay. There's no one else to drop on my team. So my team's just stacked, all right? But they were all on by. It, it was funny to me, though. Ozzy's 7-2, and two, and he, he's only still given a 78% chance for the playoffs. He should change his name from Osmosis Bones to backup running backs. Uh, well, he's still – oh, he's going to lose this. Do you guys see – he has Joe Mixon, Devontae Booker, Jamar, Chase, Brandon Cooks, all on by. Oh, that's right. Half of his team is from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That Oof. makes sense. But was there any, uh, any matchups that happened last week that you guys were kind of shocked? Like, man, can't believe this person won or this person you lost. You know, I'm just going to start with myself. Um, I can't believe I lost. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that uh, this is about everything that I expected um, in my game uh, against Jamar. Once, you know, once Jamar Taylor or once jo- Jonathan Taylor scored 40 points in that Thursday matchup, I just knew that my week was over. Um, I looked at my team and their ma- my matchups that I had. It, it only made sense that I was going to lose this week. And especially that... I essentially got zero production out of my running backs. Um, was Boston's pretty, dis- pretty disappointing. Uh, yeah, Baston Scott, he goes off for like the last two or three weeks and then gives me four points um, as soon as I pick him up. And Chase Edmonds leaves after his first carry. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little disheartening. Um, for those of you listening, it- Braxton has been looking everywhere for a break. He's been trying to catch one, but... Yep. He has not found it yet. When you lose Tyreek Hill, Austin Eckler, and now Chase Edmonds, it's like Braxton. And in return, you know, he's already had Henry. Seeing the consolation bracket. And not only that, Logan Thomas lost Logan Thomas, which isn't was a crazy loss, but. Um, yeah, Higby. And, Higby, um, who catches the ball in the end zone and doesn't give any fantasy points. You also, what you're not mentioning either, is that I've lost Chris Carson as well. That's true. I've lost him for the last seven weeks, um, six, seven weeks. But he is supposed to be coming back um, this week, which is – I that is huge. I'm pretty much banking on he's going to be playing because if I don't have him, Braxton does not know what he's doing. <laughs> Braxton, who, so, are you playing? who are you playing next week? I play Ty, and Ty's projected it is it, – yeah, it's bad. Yeah. If you go look at the projections and you see, you know, what his guy – he's got Najee Harris against Detroit. That's another 40-point game written all over. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just – it's kind of – it's just a real sad, real sad yeah. time for me right now in fantasy. I'm looking at your score – Against Jamar, like your your matchup, I should say. I'm looking at Aaron Jones. 
Aaron Jones scored 5.3 points. Now, maybe that's just Jordan Love being in the pocket and they're trying to spread the ball out. Yeah, definitely. And I'll watch that game. A.J. Dillon got a decent amount of touches. Is there something we should be worried about or just like, ah, this is just Jordan Love, it'll pass when Rodgers comes back? I'm not I, mean, I think with the Aaron Jones is – I'm a little worried about it. I think he's shown this year that, you know, he was dropped it, or drafted as this top-end running back who's going to get you uh, potential 40-point games, you know. Uh, and with Jamal Williams leaving, the thought was that his floor was going to be way higher. Well, if you look, he has given you a couple of those blow-up games. You got 38.5, uh, and then next highest was – two weeks ago with 20 and a half points, but he's also given you 3.2, 9.4, 6.4. And then this last week, 5.3. So I don't know. I mean, he, I, I, I don't think you can blame this all on, Oh, it's a Jordan love game. Cause I mean, they were battling with Kansas city, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you don't give your top running back more, uh, more action in the past game, uh, with your backup to like get him in there for easy little checkdowns, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, <laughs> wondering uh, if Matt Lafleur is just someone who's trying to really force the point of like running back by committee. Oh, I'm looking at it here, and even like reception wise, Aaron Jones had zero receptions. I don't even mm-hmm. did he have any targets? I'm trying to see here, but zero receptions, and AJ Dillon had four receptions. Four. Four targets for four receptions for 44 yards. And then uh, he had eight rushing attempts for 46 yards. Like, that's like 90 yards in total there. You know, that's an 11-point game. No touchdowns for fantasy purposes. And that that's better than Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones I mean, he's, 5.3. He's still, he's still running back number eight on the season. He got drafted in the – he got drafted eighth overall – all running backs were drafted other than Kelsey and actually, no, I believe it was Kelsey. I think he was the only one. Um, Kelsey was the only player drafted because I think Devonte Adams was drafted ninth overall. So, I mean, essentially that he was drafted as running back number seven and he's currently playing as running back number eight. I don't know that I'm super worried. I mean, when you look at, you know, what he's put over, you know, it's not, He's, he, I mean, I still, it's, you have to look at it that Aaron Rodgers wasn't out. And, like, if anybody, um, or you, you look at everyone on that offense, it, it's ran through Aaron Rodgers, totally unquestioned. And so, um, yeah, sure, he's put up some, you know, he's put up a, a couple duds, but he's still, he's yeah. still a top running back. So, regardless, that week for you, Braxton, was a blowout at 130.94 to 81. Point seven four, um, you know Rashad Bateman though, for someone coming right back after quite a while being out seven point seven, there could be some hope there for for Bateman. Maybe you're gonna start seeing some uptick. Could be a player to watch. Maybe no, definitely. You know, I mean, he's, I, I was... he's only rostered twenty four point four percent in ESPN leagues, so he could be out there if you were looking for someone. Could be a worthwhile grab. You know, and, and yeah, something I mean, that everybody's talking about him. You go for it. What's that? Yeah, Bateman. Oh, I he's just, yeah, the twenty-four percent. That's crazy to me. 
Yeah. yeah, no, he's he's a good player. And not only that, though, when I look at when I was looking at like my team, I had zero players of mine scored a touchdown. Um, but if you look at it through everybody else, I would have for what I scored, I still would have managed to beat three teams um, in this week in fantasy. And if I just would have had a touchdown more, I would have beaten five. Um, so I'm like, sure. I didn't have a great week and, but I'm kind of looking at everybody else. I mean, I still would have competed, you know, for against half the league. So. Well, if you got a touchdown, yeah. Because currently you only competed against, you know, what is that? A fourth of the league. Well, yeah. 25%. Sounds better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, well, looking at the other games, um, Josiah and Marshall, they got in a close one. Gosh, that was a low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. 80.5 to 71.3. I know. How mad are you if you're Marshall, Khalil Hobart for one point? Uh, I don't know if you can be too mad because uh, uh, what's-his-name is back. He came back and played. Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery, yes. David Montgomery. So it's like, it was a risk. Yeah, maybe he could have thrown in Kenneth Gainwell and got closer, but still lost. As as the Montgomery owner, I'm very encouraged by last night's game. uh, Yeah. Just because I was worried about Khalil Herbert. I mean, he was running well. A lot of people were predicting, like, uh, well, maybe we see more of a 60-40 split when David Montgomery comes back. So the fact that Montgomery really got like the bell cow role or yeah, no cow bell. What am I? Bell cow. Almost, you almost got it. Nice. There you go. There you go. Got <laughs> it. Uh, the fact that he got the bell cow role right off of that coming off of an injury. Uh, I, I was very encouraged. So I'm, I'm ready to throw him right back in as soon as his buy is over. So I, I thought it would be, like very limited snap count, um, so he must have done great in rehabbing that injury. So I'm excited. If you're Marshall, do you just straight up drop Khalil Herbert? Uh, maybe. I... Maybe you hold him for one more week, see what happens. Yep. I, mean, I thought I'd do the exact same. You'd have to hold him for two weeks. Okay, then I'm weeks. dropping him. I'm dropping him. Yeah. 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 If if they played next week. I would hold on to him because you just really still, you know, you never know. Like, sure, David Montgomery can come out there for a week and play well and stay, you know, somewhat healthy. But who knows if there was something just – if it was still nagging him and it could have carried into the next week and something could have happened. But if you have a bye, um, that's, just, that's just too big of a – that's too – I mean, Marshall's got to win now. Mm-hmm. He's four and five. You know, he can't – it can't be like you can't be like a wait and see situation. He has to find guys that are gonna yeah. get him wins. There's a lot of us week, in that so. situation that need to win. But you know, it's interesting looking at Marshall's team. His team does not look bad. You know, Austin Eckler and Tyreek Hill, but those are two that he up. picked up last week. Nate. <laughs> that was a slap to my face. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I'm I'm actually going somewhere with this. They scored both of them under ten points. Together they scored under they scored fifteen points total mm-hmm. together. And that's not that's I'm sure Austin Eckler just had an off game, but Tyreek Hill is someone I'm interested in like interested in hearing your guys' thoughts on because of Mahomes. 
so maybe we're actually switching the conversation from Tyreek to Mahomes here, but like where are you guys sitting with Patrick Mahomes? The last like what four weeks? I don't even think he's been in the top twelve quarterback. Like, I'm a seller on Mahomes um at this point. I think uh if you're a Mahomes owner, I would trade him to see what you can get for him. I think um, I think you would I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I think Mahomes still has a lot of power behind his name. I don't necessarily know if you'll be able to trade for him. So, like, if you wanted to go grab him, I think his name still carries a lot of weight, and you're gonna have to trade higher than you should for him. But I think as the owner, you could probably trade him for something pretty decent, and someone will bite on it, and you'll get something great in return. I mean, if you can even package up, I mean, if you're Aussie here. If you could package it up, say, Kenyon Drake or and Mahomes, or say even Brandon Ayuk and Mahomes, because with Brandon Ayuk playing, you know, uh, playing a lot better, uh, yeah. and kudos to Ozzy for holding on to Ayuk this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so many, I mean, a lot of people have dropped him and done away with him, but the fact that he's kept him around is now he's seeing the fruit from it. But you could package those guys up, and I, I think that you could get a decent running back though out of him. You know, I feel, I mean, I'm just even like looking here at like what Devin's got. I mean, would he trade away, say, like a a Damian Harris, you know, for that? I was wondering too, like, could you trade you to, to Cody, like, because Cody's got Derek Carr as his quarterback right now. So could he? Would he potentially give away, like, maybe Josh Jacobs, and? Uh, someone else, maybe even Marquise Brown for Mahomes and Ayuk. That would be a, a solid trade for Ozzy. Ozzy just needs a running back, but I don't think he'd get away Jacobs. He, he would have to throw a running back into that mix, I think, if he was going to try and trade for a decent running back. So mm-hmm. it would be like a Kenyon Drake. or Now maybe he could do like Kenyon Drake, Kadarius Tony, and Patrick Mahomes. For Josh Jacobs, and here's uh, uh, whatever else I said. What did I say? Oh, Marquise Brown. Marquise yeah. Brown. Marquise Brown. You know what? Here's like an interesting to one uh, for me is that Aussie's seven and two. He doesn't need to win now. Mm-hmm. He could. I think he could easily trade. Ah, that's tough. I would. I would like to say he could trade Patrick Mahomes. Um. And say Ayuk to Devin, who is kind of hurting at, I would say, receiver a little bit. Um, but he's just, I mean, he has Lamar Jackson. But I was going to say he could trade for Saquon Barkley, who will be looking to come back, you know, here in the next couple of weeks and have him for the end of the regular season and the playoffs. But So in my sister's league, she has Patrick Mahomes. And I was looking and wondering, like, man, could I trade Patrick Mahomes and DK Metcalf to the owner of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup? Like, would that be a trade that would pass? Do you guys think that's fair? Like, Say that again. Patrick Mahomes and DK Metcalf for Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. I would keep it, Cooper it's Cup. totally fair, but yeah, it's, it's not like you're just like, yeah, you know, dragging them through the mud. But yeah. I would for sure take Stafford and Cup in that deal. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you're talking about the number one receiver. And Stafford's been hot. It's just crazy because Mahomes, he was a second or third round pick. Mm-hmm. And people are starting to sweat. Mm-hmm. Does that make you nervous? As they should. Does that make you nervous about Tyreek and Kelsey's production as well? Absolutely. Um, I still think that Tyreek Hill and Kelsey will hold top tier value. I don't think that necessarily goes away because of the talent level that they both carry. But sure, I mean, I think it's something that you should keep an eye on. Because uh, just like I said about Aaron Rodgers, how that offense runs through him, it's kind of the same with the Chiefs. I mean, that's where they got – they've been built up through Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I don't know that, you know, the value of Tyreek Hill and Kelsey are completely lost. They are both capable of going off um, respectably, respectably in their – uh, respectively in their positions. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say for Kelsey, uh, just because the position is so shallow, like even if he takes a, a step back, like tight end is just so tough to predict. So like, mm-hmm. even if he's getting, you know, the top tier tight end, you know? So like, I don't think that goes away. And then with Tyreek, he's just someone who can, break a play on his own with his speed and quickness. Yeah. So, you know, does it hurt to have Patrick Mahomes kind of playing poorly? Yeah, obviously. But he's just someone who could still nonetheless put up a 40-point week just because he, like, juked the defender out of his shoes and, like, made the play by himself. So, I don't know. I'm also curious. Um, I mean, have you guys read much about the cover two shell that's kind of been all the rage this week? Yeah. So a, li- a little bit, yeah. Just to to give you know anyone listening a, a quick rundown. I I don't know all the intricacies, but basically, uh, what a lot of reporters have come out with, um, I think yesterday morning, was basically this realization that like all defenses, like all year, basically have been running this zone coverage called the cover two shell that has like totally disrupted the chief's game plan. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know all the intricacies of how it works exactly, but apparently that's what analysts and like film people have seen is that like, Oh, this is completely throwing them off. So I'm wondering if, you know, Braxton, you and I have talked about it before. Like Andy Reid is one of the greatest like X's and O's coaches um, mm-hmm. of our generation. So yeah. is that something that he's able to figure out in the second half of the season, potentially? Um, so I'm, I'm wondering, I, like, I don't think that Patrick Mahomes just got worse all of a sudden this year. Um, I think it's a, a scheme issue. So if Andy Reid can figure it out after he gets this – kind of film um i mean i could see patrick mahomes and the chiefs going on the tear um but yeah that remains to be seen it's kind of like are are the nfl's defensive coordinators smarter than andy Reid? that's what we're looking for here because patrick mahomes is still talented he can still make those throws um so we're just kind of more betting on the coaching now versus the actual players chiefs have lost four games this season Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Tied to the Broncos, five and four. 
which is still funny though because you know you you think about for how bad they've looked and at at times it's been it's been real bad um but they're still five and four i mean i mean they still carry a, a winning record i mean they still have a chance to slide into the playoffs i mean it's just still funny to me that yeah i mean you look at how much talent that they have that they can still win with it but like jonathan said they're obviously going to have to um, just not even from um, just not just a fantasy standpoint, but just even from themselves um, making a run uh, in the NFL this year that they're Andy Reid's going to have to definitely shift them things up and just kind of create more mismatches uh, because when you look at that cover two shell and all that zone, they have Kansas City has relied on speed um, for, you know, years uh, or for the last, you know, say few years for them uh, to be able to, you know, break out of man coverage and disrupt, you know, defenses. Well, now, you know, like Johnson was saying, they're kind of getting a taste of their own medicine with getting that zone where speed doesn't quite beat you um, yeah. anymore. So, so regardless, what you guys want to hear you say is maybe you start sweating a little bit about some Kansas City players, but you're not hitting the panic button. It's like, yeah, it's not time to panic yet. We still got some a couple weeks left. On Patrick Mahomes, yes. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's a gamble, you know. Mm. Um, honestly, it's a totally different situation, but I see it similarly to the trade that Braxton and I made last year, Joe Mixon for Damian Harris, where Joe Mixon is obviously the better player, but he was hurt at the time. And so there were reports of like, well, maybe he's back in two weeks, maybe he's back next week, blah, blah, blah. And so Braxton was taking that gamble of saying like, I want the potential upside of having Joe Mixon if he comes back. Um, but that's coupled with the fact that he may not come back. You know, and so there's that risk. And so I, I feel like it's the same with the Chiefs offensive players right now, um, specifically Patrick Mahomes, of saying, like, am I willing to take this risk that Andy Reid figures it out and Patrick Mahomes returns to the number one quarterback? Yeah. Or should I trade him mm-hmm. away and take the the lower risk, you know, but lower points of, you know, a, a different quarterback, whoever that may be. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You know, it's I mean, I mean, good. Sorry. Go ahead, Braxton. Well, I'm seeing I'm like looking at Joe's roster here. Um, and, or even you could even make an argument for Tan or for Marshall's too, uh, where they have Carson Wentz and Tannehill who have played well. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, I think everyone would say that Carson Wentz and Tannehill have been playing really well. Um, if you were to say at the beginning of the season for Carson Wentz to be a QB 10 and Tannehill to be QB 12, uh, not bad uh, at all. But I wonder even like someone like one of those two guys would be interested in taking on Mahomes. Like, at least, you know, I don't even know that it's worth saying that Mahomes might even be a backup at this point. But you give it maybe three more, you know, give it three more weeks. Kansas City starts figuring it out. Mahomes is starting to light it up for 25 to 30 points. That, yeah. I mean, that's, that would be pretty awesome if, you know, if you're looking for one of those guys to have that. Yeah, who knows? Um, maybe Ozzy could do the trade with Joe and, and get like James Robinson and Melvin Gordon from Mahomes and one other person. Like, I think it's very, I think it's, you could, it's very likely. Um, Joe's got some running backs, and I mean, so and so does Marshall. I mean, obviously, but um, 
We'll have to see. Yeah, Marshall. You're, you're laughing. You're snickering. Marshall. Marshall's got Austin Eckwood. <laughs> he's sitting pretty over there. Yeah, he's he, got good running backs. Yeah, he exited from Derrick Henry at the right time. He made the right call. Yeah. I am so mad. <laughs> I just feel like every time we guys get an opportunity, you guys just kind of put that knife in there and keep on twisting it. Hey, you know, no, I, I also just say, do, I, I was going to say, it, it was a high, high IQ trade by Marshall. Yes, it was. You know, it was a low IQ trade was when I offered <laughs> offered to take Chase Edmonds from Braxton like two weeks ago. And he said, no. He said, no way in hell. So I'm pretty sure what he said. And now here he is wishing he would have taken it. I think I, I, think I would have, yeah. <laughs> low IQ with a capital I and a capital Q. You guys, it's been tough, all right? <laughs> uh, but It's so funny thinking about that trade that Braxton made. Hey, he was just sitting here. He was – Feeling so proud about trading for for Derrick Henry, and then didn't even get a chance to play with him. Couldn't, I know couldn't, it was couldn't like, even come over to his mom's house to play. Nope, he's instant grounded. You know, it kind of, it almost felt like getting uh, you're like waking up on Christmas morning and you got that toy um, that you finally wanted, and your parents said, "You know what? Nope." We're actually going to rewrap it and you can have it for next year's Christmas. And I you started to, to open the wrapping and... paper and they grabbed it from you. That's what happened. That's how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, looking at some of the other games here, um, you dropped uh, to Cheeseman, like we mentioned. Um, and then, yeah, Ozzy stays consistent and he yeah, beats Devin 102 to 89. Um, even with Mahomes uh, just really, yeah, reeling there. I mean, he's still pulling off wins uh, between, you know, Mixon and Booker. That's a solid running back production. You, I think you have to say that Ozzy's probably been the best on the waiver wires. I mean, picking up Booker, I mean, that's kind of what – I mean, that's, been, that's saved him a ton. He's been solid. Uh, Let's just say Ozzy – Ozzy knows how to use his cash. He's not afraid to use his cash. I mean, I'm just looking here, and from week five when he picked him up, Devontae Booker has gone 19.3, 8.9, 13.6, 15, 13.7. That's pretty solid for a waiver wire ad. Mm-hmm. But, but you know just Barkley could be coming back. In, I'll say Barkley could be coming back in, what, two weeks? He's got to buy next week, and then – they're back, so Booker could be a thing of the past. Absolutely. But he's milked some of these pickups uh, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, including like Hubbard as well. Uh, but, you know, he's coming off uh, with McCaffrey returning. You know who's interesting to me? Uh, I was just <clears throat> kind of seeing this as we were looking at the matchup. I, I'm almost wondering if Devin would take this trade. If uh, Ozzy offered him Patrick Mahomes for Joe Burrow, just straight up, because Devin's got Lamar Jackson, uh, so he's obviously never going to play Joe Burrow over him right now. But that gives him the position to sit on Patrick Mahomes as his backup, see if it develops, see if the Chiefs start clicking, you know, um, insurance for Lamar Jackson. I, don't know. I, I think it might be worth 
the risk for Devin. Uh, and then Ozzy would get kind of that like known commodity in Joe Burrow. Could be an interesting trade. Hmm. That's hard. I th- I feel like you'd need to package something. I feel like Mahomes is still worth more than just Joe Burrow. Really? Yeah, I do too. I think the name carries a lot of weight there. And Joe Burrow hasn't looked good in the last two weeks. Last two weeks? I mean, he had 16 points. Yeah. He had 16 points that I wouldn't – I mean – Against the Jets, I wouldn't I say his, his performance – sure, he put up good fantasy numbers because it was just a death that goes against, against the Jets. He's 21 for 34. But um, – 259 yards. I guess he did have an interception, one interception, but he had three touchdown passes. But I'm just saying, is it for what he was going up against, he didn't have a great game. I think he's, they he's just got, didn't need to pass. There's he's got 20 touchdowns on the season so far. Not horrible. No, no, no. I mean, I like Joe Burrow. I'm not saying I'm selling on him, but I definitely think that Mahomes is worth more than Burrow. Yeah, maybe I still – I wouldn't take that trade straight up. Honestly, I wonder – uh, I don't think Devin would because he has Lamar Jackson. I was going to say, what he do Mahomes for Burrow and Barkley? Devin was looking to get rid of Barkley earlier, but now that Barkley's almost coming back, I'm sure he's going to want to keep him. Um, you guys uh, you guys value Mahomes way more than I do. I, I, I view Mahomes as, like, right now, like a low-end QB1, even with the name. I mean, he, he's had three bad weeks. I'll give you that. But other than that, he's been – here's from week six back. 17, 15, 27, 19, 18, 30. He's still quarterback six on the year, and he's put up huge duds over the last three weeks. And he's still quarterback number six. Four, nine, seven. So, right. I think – I mean, I think you have to look at the trends, though, because – to rebut Ding's point, I'll give you weeks seven forward, 4.6, 9.5, 7.1. Yeah, so yeah, I think an argument could be made both ways. It's like, do you see him as trending down or do you see him as, oh, just a kind of a, a quick dip and then we'll see if they figure it out. Honestly, I think week 10 is going to be a pivotal week for him yeah. to see what he does. And if yeah. he has another dead like yeah. this, you got to trade him. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think you'll still get some value for the name, but you could risk the trade now that he continues to flop. But I think if he flops next week, it's time to trade him. All right, let's, let's move on here to uh, next week's matchups. Like we said, we're getting into a pivotal week 10. We have, you know, we have a few guys now that are just kind of hovering around 500 Ty at five and four, Colton at four and five, Josiah now at at four and five, winning his last two in a row. Uh, Marshall at four and five as well, and you yourself, uh, Ding at four and five, and Devin at five and four. So that's pretty much the majority of our league really fighting tooth and nail uh, for these couple. And you could even say myself, even at six and three. That doesn't feel like a strong six and three, uh, as we know. 
I know. I kind of feel like I'm kind of more clumped in with you guys than <laughs> oh, those yeah. uh, guys that are really, really scraping for a playoff spot here. Because you're going to be about six and four at the end of this week, and there's a chance that you could even be six and five after next week. And I, I think I play Josiah. Well, I play Josiah after or next week, right? Uh, I'd have to look. I mean, yeah, I could definitely drop that game, but I feel much, much more. Um, comfortable facing Josiah than I would say Ty and Jamar yeah. currently. So Josiah and Colton though, both, you know, four and five going at together. Uh, that'll be a fun one to watch and keep our eye on uh, as well with you and Devin ding. Yep. I would, uh, I would agree with that. That'll be an interesting game. Um, luckily Devin doesn't have Saquon for that week. So that gives me a little bit of hope. But, you know, he's got mm-hmm. players like Lamar against Miami, uh, Deontay Johnson against Detroit, um, Daryl Williams against Las Vegas, and Damian Harris. Yeah, Cleveland could be a decent defense. So you got some of those guys that are like, they have the possibility to really explode. So that makes me a little nervous, but I'm hoping for, you know, Daryl Patterson to have a good game against Dallas. I'm hoping for a breakout game from Diggs finally against the Jets. Like, come on. He hasn't done as much as I wanted him to when I drafted him. Um, I'm debating whether or not to keep Hines in against Jacksonville. Because um, there's not much on waivers this week, if we're going to be honest. And with my draft capital that I have, or my budget, my waiver budget, there's, there's I don't think I'm getting any of the top guys off of waivers. So, what I have is probably what I'm rolling with. I'm hoping for a big game from Brady against Washington. So, I bet you we, we got a pretty close game here. Yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see how Swift plays um, uh, at Pittsburgh next week. Fingers across I mean, that, that Wilson's back and throwing to Metcalf. Which is scary in itself because Wilson may not be at 100%. And who knows what that's going to look like. I... I think he's going to be all right, personally. That guy, the the preparation that he puts in um, into the game, uh, I'm not really worried about Wilson. I bet I would assume that you'd have a pretty good game coming from Metcalf. And I think that Buffalo is going to come out pretty pissed off uh, after losing to Jacksonville. Yeah, and I I think I think that. You know, you it's easy to say that maybe they'll they'll just stick to the running game and just beat the Jets that way. But I think they're going to be uh, opening up the playbook and firing on all cylinders. Yeah, they're probably like, uh, we lost to Jacksonville. Gonna... There's no way in hell we're losing to the Jets. We're losing <laughs> to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. So you definitely have that going for you. But looking over at Colton and Josiah's game, that one – that is going to be really, really close uh, as well. Especially now he's got McCaffrey. It looks like he's, you know, should be going almost, you know, pretty much at full, full go. Um, he's got Dak Prescott against Atlanta. Colton, I think he needs, he really needs to win this one. I mean, so does Josiah, of course. But it'll be see interesting to see if James Robinson will be back. Have you guys seen anything on that? I haven't. James Robinson? No, I haven't. 
Yeah, I haven't really seen, I haven't released too much news with him. Um, you would imagine Josiah is really, really hoping uh, for him to get back in there. Dude, Colton has been just – he's had the worst – like, we thought Braxton had pretty bad luck with running backs. At least Braxton has been getting rid of his running backs. Colton, all of his running backs are just hurt and on IR. Like, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards, you know, McCaffrey's finally coming back, but hopefully he's – Going to be strong. Daryl Henderson limped off the field with an injury last week. Um, hopefully well, he's good to go. You know what he has on his side? Is that now that Chase Edmonds is out, James Conner becomes like the bell cow back. So I, if I'm Colton, I'm pretty stoked over that. I mean, that's a, that's a good break to have. You know, we talk about having, you know, your – you're sure you have some bad breaks and you have some good breaks. That is a big, that's a good break uh, yeah. on his end. Because uh, he has been a touchdown puppy for him. Um, and so I think, I think that he'll, you know, he's going to have, he'll have Connor Henderson and McCaffrey in there. That's three solid running backs, uh, solid plays, I think, for next week. Yeah. Dude, low key, we really need, Colton start losing because if he makes it into the playoffs, he's going to have a scary team. Like when everybody comes back, if he has Kareem Hunt, James Conner, James Conner, you know, Chase Edmonds should be back eventually. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, we'll still have Daryl Henderson, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that's just a stud team. Uh, if Julio Jones can come back and, you know, be Julio Jones, even mm-hmm. in 2021, uh, I mean, he's just. He's rolling. So we really need to just prey on his downfall and make sure he doesn't make it into the playoffs. Because if he does, man, mm-hmm. he could be a steamroller. That's big L's for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's big time. <laughs> but that'll be a close game to watch. I agree with you. Um, especially if Joe has Robinson healthy. Because AJ Brown has been AJ Brown has been solid. Um, he's been impressive the last couple of weeks, um, and I don't see that slowing down. It's actually funny to me that Colton is only given a 22% chance to make the playoffs by ESPN's calculations. Oh, really? Is that funny? You know, also, you can't really trust ESPN with much. And that also could be um, looking at strength of schedule, who he has to go up against. I wonder who his next couple of weeks are, like, does he have Jamar? Uh, does he have Jonathan? Like, does he have some of those games that, like... Right. Well, he goes... So, he takes on Josiah. Um, then he goes Jonathan. Then he plays Alex. And plays Devin. And then Jamar. I mean, I wouldn't say that's a crazy... Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jamar and Jonathan. I mean, those are definitely... That's pretty two pretty tough ones. I mean, Josiah and Devin will play... Him decently tough. Um, I mean, as Dingman got a nice taste of cheese, but I guess cheese. <laughs> I would say he's a complete uh, walkthrough. Um, but I don't know. When you look at his team, uh, you got to be pretty. You got. I mean, you have to feel. I think somewhat confident about that. Um, yeah. So, moving over to. Next matchup, Jonathan versus Marshall. I'm going to be honest. 
Marshall has a solid looking team. Gosh, he really man. does. Austin Eckler and Tyree huh? Kill. Austin Eckler and Tyree Kill, man, that is a scary combo for Jonathan. You know, currently as it sits, Marshall is projected <laughs> to beat Jonathan by a little less than a point. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Jonathan's got a great team, but Jonathan, are you getting nervous at all with how some of your players have been forming the last couple of weeks? I mean, you're talking about Mike Williams, and yes, I am nervous. And Justin uh, Jefferson? Yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson's been really good. Well, not against me. He flopped. Well, yeah, 3.1 against you. I mean, that was, like, by far his lowest game of the season. They had 21 and a half this last week. Oh, I guess so, you're fine with him. Uh, yeah, but, I, I mean, I am worried about Mike Williams. Uh, it sounds like his knee might still be bugging him. And so what's nice is, well, I don't know. Like, so David Montgomery will be back next week. He's on by this week. So I'll throw him in there, obviously. But then it's, you know, I have to start asking the question, like, do I start Javante Williams over Mike Williams? Um, I don't know. Javante I, Williams has outscored him the last few weeks. So I have a good question for you here, Jonathan. Who are you playing between Dawson Knox coming back after his injury, they're going against the Jets, or do you stick with a red-hot Pat Firemuth? Against the Lions. Yes. Yeah, I'd probably – It's a tough one. Or I'd uh, I'd go with Firemuth for this week. Like you said, Dawson Knox coming off of hand surgery. Um, I just want to see what what that looks like. Is he – no. Is he catching the ball just fine? Um. He's always been a big athletic tight end, but what he struggled with in the past has been drops. And so after breaking a finger and getting hand surgery, do those drops start coming back? Um, so I, I'd want to see that for one week before I switch him out. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, just with uh, Fryermuth, man, he's played well. I mean, the last three weeks, I mean, from a tight end standard, he caught all seven of his targets in a week six. Um had nine points and then 12 points and then an 18.8 last night. I'd be pretty stoked. I mean, those are, you know, those are all, those are both waiver wire ads from you, Jonathan. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like, that's, that's a, that's a big credit to you, you know, picking up those guys. Um, Looking at the rest of your team, cups, a lock, Kamara's a walk lock. Uh, Yeah. Like you said, Justin Jefferson has actually been performing better. He just got scared when he had to go against King Ding over here. Uh, yes, but uh, so he's a lock. How are you feeling about Murray? Uh, I'm worried. I mean, he's just obviously sitting out this last game because of his ankle. Um, if if he's limited in mobility, that's a huge knock. Um, I mean, Braxton, you had him last year, right? And when he injured that shoulder, that was a. I mean, he took a dive, and so I'm worried that it's the same thing. Um, I mean, you have to continue starting him until he shows you otherwise. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He's got Carolina, which is a tough matchup. But, you know, obviously I have to start him. There's no one on the waiver wire I'm going to start over him. Then versus Seattle, uh, start start your quarterbacks against Seattle. Their defense is just atrocious. But then he's got to buy. Um, so, Loki, you know, if he does poorly – um, I'll need to pick someone up for the buy anyway. So I might be looking at making a 
a trade, maybe an upgrade for that bye week and just have somebody else that I can write out for the rest of the season. Um, so we'll Pat see. Pat Mahomes? The, these his, his. Question mark? Yeah, maybe. His, his. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I just uh, think, though, when you look at an ankle injury for Murray, I mean, the way – because he's, he's a dynamic athlete as well. Um, and he relies on his athletic ability, you know, to push the ball down the field. And so I think with the ankle injury, I mean, that's, that's, that's a tough one, you know, and it, I don't know that necessarily just heals either. Uh, cause they're going to, they're going to count on him to be in there and play. So, yeah. Um, let's, uh, we can bounce into the waiver wire here. Um, not a lot going on this week uh, in terms of just, you know, quality players coming out. Not a lot of injuries either. Um, it's usually kind of what we're piggybacking on off. Um, but anybody that you guys see that you're, you know, maybe maybe you kind of already have a position already filled up, so you're not specifically looking at that for your own team. Uh, but anybody that, you know, stands out to you guys that you guys kind of recognize as a talent that you want to add. Elijah Moore could be interesting. Um, not necessarily for this next week against the Bills. But you look at the schedule, he's got Miami, Houston, Philadelphia. Like, and if Mike White keeps the role and is playing well, he likes to throw the ball, he could be an interesting grab. His scores has really only gone up since week five. So, you know, 9.7, 10.1, 23.9. That was two touchdowns, obviously, so maybe we're chasing some points there, but and I, I think you have more to... and more credit to the Jets players as the season goes on. Absolutely. I think you have to really like the Jets offense. I mean, they're move, they move the ball. They're putting up points. Uh, I just don't know that I like any Jets player this week um, mm-hmm. against Buffalo. <laughs> um, but definitely could be uh, a little like a, like a, a stash grab. Uh, maybe not, you know, maybe not like a, a starting or a guy you're going to want to start this week. Um but certainly he's kind of down the road. And even with uh, Ty Johnson, um, I think he's another one too that guys need to start looking at uh, and adding to, to their league. I already, I added him last week, but he's still uh, very available in most leagues. He has four straight weeks now with 10 plus points um, a game. I mean, that's, that's pretty good running back output for someone you could just put up um, uh, plug and play. Uh, in your lineup, just given all the injuries that we've had. Darnell Mooney. I'm sorry, go ahead, John. Yeah. Well, yeah, Darnell Mooney, he's on bye this week, but that means he's a cheap pickup. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we need to start talking about Jordan Howard, too. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. two weeks in a row. I was thinking about that. Great usage, goal line back. So, if if you're in a position where you need a running back and, you know, he's not going to have a crazy high ceiling, he doesn't catch any passes, but – He's getting the usage, and uh, their coach, Nick Sirian, is really talking him up. Um, so while Miles Sanders is out, he could be a great play. Mm-hmm. And it's been frustrating. You know, you look at for – you know, you look at for the guys that have had Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, and now you have Howard. It, it almost gets to a point, you know, do you even want to touch it? Um, I myself picked up Boston Scott. I used to, I didn't pick him up for a lot of money. I picked him up for $15, uh, on the waiver bucks, but I, you know, it could be, he could easily go off next week and then Joe Jordan Howard could put up that dud. Um, 
Yeah. I just think this is a backfield that's really hard to predict right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Braxton, I think he scores touchdowns. I think you cut out there just a little bit if you want to repeat yourself. Yeah, I just – what I was saying is that between Jordan Howard, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott, it's it's just a backfield right now that's pretty tough mm-hmm. to predict. They're all three guys that, you know, we all kind of targeting over the last couple of weeks on the waiver wire. I think, and I just yeah. think it's, it's easily that one could go off um, amongst the other. And so I don't know that it's totally worth that you want to start spending all your money uh, on Jordan Howard um, in this instance. But I, I think, think for like a $10 ad, he's all right. Another running back to look at if you're kind of deep needing something, Devontae Freeman. Could be yes. interesting. Yep. He's done nothing but get better over the last three weeks, technically four weeks if you count the bye. Um, now, I know he did well this week because uh, Latavius Murray was out, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. we'll see if maybe they really liked what he did and they want to keep him as the number one guy there in Baltimore. But, you know, 15.3 points. Base points, that's not bad, and that's not with a touchdown unless they did. Oh, he had a receiving touchdown. Sorry. But, you know, that's that's 13 rushing attempts for 79 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, he had three targets, two receptions. I, I think, think another – He's desperate. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, he's similar kind of Jordan Howard in that uh, where he has been getting the ball and he gets the ball when they get close down, you know, uh, to the end zone. Uh, another sneaky ad I think is Brandon Bolden this week uh, with Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris uh, leaving the game last week. I think it could be – I think Ramondre Stevenson is slated to play, but I think that this is uh, a play that you could just – you know, Adam Schefter could tweet it out on Sunday morning and say, hey, uh, both guys are inactive. Brandon Bolden's going to get all the carries, you know. Mm-hmm. Big, big, big boom potential there. So, interesting week uh, coming up. Yep, real interesting, and so. it'll be exciting to see what what happens. So, yeah. Um, but I think that kind of covers most of our bigger waiver ads. So, um, hey, love getting on with you guys. Talk. Um, just remember, yeah. never trust a trade from Jonathan. Um, yeah, as never. we know, the snake, the snake is hissing. We heard it on this podcast, and that's right. You be don't out. be, don't be a rat bastard that gets claimed by the snake. Okay. Currently, Braxton has made the bad trades so far this year. Maybe we're, maybe we're on this, uh, on to something wrong here with Jonathan, but still can't trust trade with him. Hey, <laughs> if you want to support the show, um, Braxton is looking to go full time here. Uh, Cash App or Venmo at Austin D Dingman. All proceeds. We'll uh, go to helping Braxton pursue his lifelong dream and career goals of being a full-time podcast host. Maybe he can even wear a shirt when he uh, is podcasting. For those of you who are listening, um, we can see each other, and he is uh, definitely not wearing a shirt. That is a sight for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan's but- also hungry. Like Jonathan's hungry as well. We need to feed Jonathan. That's right. Yeah, you know, feed me, please. Braxton is looking for a career. Jonathan needs to eat. So, He's just looking for a meal, okay? Yeah, come on, guys. Just just cash app or Venmo at Austin D. Dingman, and uh, you'll see these guys start to, to do well in their life. So 
really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Peace out, rat bastards. <laughs> See, See you. Ya.